0: Welcome to Closer Look, I'm Maria Morgan. Robert Beeson found himself single, suddenly, parenting his three little girls alone. That experience and a lack of good help from the church moved him to create the Solo Parent Society. Thanks for joining us on Closer Look, Robert. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. First question. It's an obvious one. You chose to call it the solo parent society. Why solo instead of single?
1: You know, in our society today, uh, in America, according to the U.S. census, 34% of U.S. households are single parent homes. So it's very common to know about single parents. Um, Almost too common. Because what we don't know is how difficult that road is. And so I wanted to make a distinction between single parent and solo parent. Obviously, they're the same parent. Single to me says status. Solo is a condition. And so we were pretty deliberate about choosing the name Solo Parent Society for that very reason. We want to bring attention to the complexities that 34% of our homes are dealing with in America.
0: This is a situation being a solo parent that you found yourself in.
1: Yes. After 13 years of, of marriage, um, my wife left me and left me with my three daughters who were nine, seven, and four at the time. It was the darkest season because it just hit me. Although there, were trouble, there was trouble in the marriage, um, most people that get divorced and certainly those that lose a spouse to death, um, when it actually happens, there's little that prepares you for how difficult That road is. And that's the condition that I found myself in. Um, I had left uh, my record company. I had no job. I had no wife. And I had the sole custody of my three daughters. And so, for the next eight and a half years, I raised the girls on my own with full custody. And during that time, I found very little resource out there, especially from a Christian perspective, that really addressed the needs that single parents were going through. And the deeper that I dug the more I realized that, man, there's a lot of single parents out there. And if we're called as a church to care for widows and orphans, I would consider these homes as a significant part of that group of people that need our care, especially from a faith-based perspective. So I decided that on the other side of this, if I was to be able to get through this, and that doesn't mean get married again, but when I got some health, uh, I wanted to do something about that hole that I saw of materials and resources for single parents. Because as as well as being the darkest time of my life, I'll tell you, it was the most transformational season of my life. So often we go through our lives propping ourselves up with our accomplishments or the roles that we play that we lose the significance of how God sees us. He sees us as his children, as individuals, not as a collective part of a family or an organization or our accomplishments. The word solo in Italian is translated um, exclusive. And so when I walk through my solo days and so many other single parents are in this stage, um, I wanted to provide hope Not just that you're going to get through this, but hope that in the midst of this struggle, God is at work crafting a story that is greater than what we can imagine. God transforms us in struggle.
0: What are some of the things that someone who's newly solo experiences?
1: As you start off being a single parent, first of all, you feel like a failure. I felt like a failure on the outside like i said you could you could look at my life and say well he had it all together all these you know golden platinum records and a wife at home and you know three beautiful daughters and um but the truth is that i was i was pretty empty and when the bottom fell out i felt exposed and i felt like a failure and i felt like man i couldn't even keep my marriage together and um I talk to a lot of single parents that are in the same place where they feel ashamed and they feel alone and like we don't fit in. We don't fit into the the groups of friends that we used to be in, the couples groups that we used to participate in. Churches, our churches now are so um and it's and it's beautiful. They're full of nuclear families, mom, dad and the kids and kids program. I can remember walking into church and just kind of feeling the weight of people watching me going, I wonder what the story is there. Week in, week out, he walks in with his three daughters like little ducklings. And I just, I, I knew I didn't belong. And I think that was the genesis of like, I want to put a stake in the ground for single parents and go, you do belong. You are a part of the body. Your story is important. Because what we feel like as single parents is we're just a hot mess and we have nothing to contribute. We have very little to give, but God uses that brokenness and it talks about it in the scripture. You know, that his far surpassing power is not about us. It's about him. And so what an opportunity to actually shine the light of God's faithfulness. And so, but it doesn't start off feeling like that. And I'll i will venture to say that it it, it rarely feels like you got it all together, but that's kind
0: of the point. The point is dependency on God. I'm Maria Morgan. This is Closer Look. Robert Beeson is my guest. He's the founder of the Solo Parent Society. Robert, do you see any distinction between solo parents to chose to end their marriage i mean do you is there a different feeling is there a different experience
1: nobody that gets married goes into it with the intention of getting divorced and although at the end of my marriage it wasn't something that i wished for there was a lot of dysfunction in our marriage there was addiction and you know we tried for years to to get that corrected and even though the addiction was on her side I still wanted to fight for the marriage. God doesn't like divorce. It's not that he doesn't like it. He despises divorce. God does not condone divorce in the same way as a hospital treating malaria doesn't condone malaria. It's just a reality of a broken, fallen world. It's a tragedy. But here's the thing. God hates divorce and God loves marriage. But what God loves more than marriage is you, is the individual. And I know that that, you know, I I don't want people to hear me saying that, you know, you should take this lightly and he just cares about me so I can just get out, of, out of, a, of a marriage. It's a sacred vow that you take. But we live in a broken, fallen world. And so regardless of how you find yourself as a single parent and walking through the solo parent society, we have all kinds of, we have people that have been divorced, people that have lost a spouse to death, unplanned pregnancies. There's many, many reasons that people find themselves as a solo parent.
0: What do you see as the first need for a solo parent once they find themselves in that situation once once it's established this is my life now
1: the number one need i would say is for you to know that you're not alone and to find that that connection point we're not meant to do life alone for a single parent you can feel embarrassed i felt embarrassed i didn't want to reach out and expose even more need or more embarrassment than i already had but we have to have people in our lives um Research tells us that most single parents don't reach out immediately. They try to fix it on their own. But it is incredibly important to know that you can't do this alone. And while God says that you are enough in the sense that he will equip you, you need other people. I had a a few people. A friend of mine, Nate, was a guy that I checked in with every single day. Really? Every day? Every single day. My mom was one of those people too. And I just made it a point of reaching out to them and saying, you know, here's how I'm doing today. Some days it was a three-minute call. Other days it was an hour long. But just a connecting point to just know that you're not doing it alone. And that doesn't mean that that other person fixes your situation or even gives you the best advice. It means you just have to share the load with somebody. That's the biggest thing. I, I, one of the biggest things that as single parents you learn is that even though it may have been a dysfunctional marriage, even though there are things that may have been unhealthy about it, as a single parent, what you miss is that sounding board that's laying in bed next to you, or that sounding board that you can come home from a bad day and say, I just dealt with this, or a sounding board that you can say, Billy just got caught cheating in class. As a single parent, there's no sounding board. There is no, it's just you. And so creating that person that is that sounding board, that is in life with you um, is critical. It was critical to me. And I know, I mean, that's one of the premises of what we do a Solo Parent Society is be in life with each other. It's not about fixing single parents. It's about walking with them.
0: Some of my solo parent friends have said to me that part of the issue for them is they don't know who to trust. The information about little Billy cheated in school, or, or or anything like that, they don't know who to trust.
1: You know, this this not knowing who to trust is is a major major problem for us single parents, and I I think it's probably rooted in a sense of shame and a sense of like I, I, betrayal, and um, it's scary to reach out and. To try to trust again, um, it's a scary thing to do, and I don't, I don't say it lightly. Like you should, you know, put an ad out on Facebook and say, you know, I want to talk to someone. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no. But it is going okay. I need to be deliberate. Everything that we do is about being deliberate with the season that we're in. Um, I often say, like, the most important thing right now is what you do with right now, and right now, the important factor that you embrace is who is that one person that can become my sounding board, an anchor for me. Again, it doesn't mean that they're going to fix everything, but I have to let things out. I have to be able to have a sounding board. We do these solo parent groups on Zoom and in person when we're we're able to do that again. And um, the secret sauce isn't about any teaching. The secret sauce is connecting with each other and, and knowing that there are other people in the same situation or people that care about the situation that are walking with you that makes all the difference in the world.
0: With me is Robert Beeson. He's the founder of the Solo Parent Society. I'm Maria Morgan. This is Closer Look. What about the positive effects of something like Solo Parent Society on your children?
1: That's such a good point. You know, our premise with Solo Parent Society is we are helping single parents raise healthy kids. Um, but in order to raise healthy kids, you have to start working towards a place of health yourself. The best way we can serve our children is to find the support and the resources and the encouragement and the community that we need to function and to make decisions that are not just reactive. It's an underlying um, theme for us at Solo Parent Society to help the children that definitely didn't have a vote in the situation. And yet they are the ones that are affected the most by this. Um, Some alarming statistics that come out of, um, again, a census study. Three out of four chemical-dependent kids. Two out of three suicides have some connection to single-parent homes in America. 85% of incarcerated minors come from single-parent homes. That's devastating. It is devastating. It's, it's one of the leading contributors to tragic social economic issues that our country faces right now. And that's why this could not be more important than we address. But what do we address? Do we address the behaviors of our kids? No. We address the parents. How can we help these parents find the health and the stability, the courage that they need to raise healthy kids? We are the body of Christ. And we can do better at caring for these families because it does take a village. And if if there is a fatherless situation where the father is not in the picture, or in my case, a mother that has stepped aside, um, that single parent is carrying the weight of two parents on their own. We have to help that person not fix that single parent, but let them know that they belong in community, that they are loved, and that we are with them on this walk.
0: You mentioned that one of the things that you focus on is educating the church, the Christian community on the importance of reaching solo parents and, and, and supporting solo parents. What did you find when you first became a solo parent and have you seen any improvement? Sadly, I've, I've seen little improvement. Um, when I was a single parent,
1: when I first started my journey, I didn't feel like I belonged at church. And I don't think that that, well, I know that hasn't changed that much because it is, you know, we do these groups around the world now and the universal comment is they feel exactly the same way that they don't feel like they belong at church. Um, But here's the thing. I don't think it's because churches don't care. I think we've become immune to the devastating outcomes from single parent homes because it is so commonplace. One third of homes in America are single-parent homes. It's easy to become desensitized to the gravity of the situation. And there is a underpinning. We ask ourselves the question, if we reach out to single parents and make this a priority, are we condoning divorce? And I think that's ridiculous. But I think, moreover, it's about, we just don't know what to do. And that's why we at Solo Parent Society do what we do. Because these are broken families. They are in desperate need not just of financial support, but just of support in saying that we stand with you in this. And it doesn't take much
0: to let a single parent know that they belong. All metaphors have limits, so I don't want to take it too far. But when you mentioned that having malaria, treating someone for malaria is not an endorsement of malaria. Right. What you're saying is treating someone who's struggling as a solo parent is not an endorsement of divorce.
1: Yeah. In the same way, what I think of when you say that is when Jesus turned to the, to the one being crucified with him, he's not seen as condoning what that person did to get them on the cross. He's saying, no, today you'll be with me in paradise. It's the same kind of thing. We are a messed up world. We are in need of a savior. We're in need of grace and mercy. And the church is in a perfect position to embrace brokenness. In fact, I would say this, that brokenness, and it says in the scripture, is actually the opportunity for God to perfect his power. It says in the scripture, God perfect, his power is perfected in our weakness. But that can't happen if we're judging the weakness. We have to embrace these families. It's not just about a sin in somebody's life. If if you look down the line, we can't have prejudice against these parents because there are kids underneath that that are being raised by this parent. So the question is, how can we help that parent find wholeness? Obviously, it is found in Christ. But finding wholeness in Christ starts with acknowledging our depravity, our brokenness, our weakness. And I will tell you that after working for a few years now with single parents around the world, the most beautiful thing is when you see a bunch of parents get together that are broken and say, I'll raise my hand and say, I'm broken too. God works in that community in ways that I haven't seen before because my experience in church has been partially people getting together to kind of compare notes on how well they're doing. When you're a single parent, man, <laughs> you're putting one foot in front of the other. And I'm not saying that, that everyone should just, you know, become devastated like that for the sheer purpose of being devastated. But I'm telling you, there is an advantage. There is an insight. There is a perspective that you find when you realize that you on your own are not enough, that you have failed, that you have fallen short. And when you live with that, Man, not only is that creating a sense of intimacy between you and God, but it is creating intimacy with you and other people in the community of common brokenness.
0: My name is Maria Morgan. This is Closer Look. Robert Beeson is my guest. He's the founder of the Solo Parent Society. And I'd like to hear more, Robert, about how you join parents together or this community that you've been talking about. I know that you do online groups, especially in the days of COVID. Let's talk about those online groups and, and other things that, that you do to make sure that solo parents feel connected.
1: We have multiple facets. We, you know, the podcast and yeah, my book and all that kind of thing. But the group specifically is kind of where the rubber meets the road. We started at a church here in Nashville, Tennessee. And... Um, we just decided to pilot it with the church. We said, what if we just kind of put a stake in the ground, and say, here's a place that single parents belong and they could do life together. And we were at capacity within the first week and it was never mentioned from the pulpit. We had 50 people show up out of the blue to, to join the society. And we're like, man, we've got something here. And so over the next couple of years, we really kind of refined what our program was like and it and it spread to having groups now in 18 different states. Then the pandemic hit. And um, I thought, oh no, people can't, single parents need each other more than ever in the pandemic. We're doing life, you know, isolated. We're, we're school teachers, we're cooks, we're working, we're everything from one one place. And that's, if there was ever a time that a single parent needed support, it's the pandemic. What are we going to do? We can't meet anymore. So we thought, well, let's just try getting on Zoom and seeing what happens. And that has been explosive for us. In a good way, I assume. In a good way for us. Because, I mean, I, I, I don't wish a pandemic on anybody, but it forced us into um, how do we adapt and actually take our groups to people's homes? And so instead of having a single parent go, I need to find childcare, I need to get to church, I need to make sure my makeup's done, that I feel together, that whatever, suddenly we're able to offer accessibility to these Zoom groups in a person's home. All someone needs to do is go onto our app. Seriously, just open online calendar. You'll see the day and time that works for you. On that time, you click a button and you're in a group. And we have people from New
0: Zealand, Saudi Arabia, all over the United States. You're bringing single parents together and they're being vulnerable and they're being open and they're making connections. Do you have, a solo parent society, uh, certain rules in place, a certain culture that helps to keep people safe? Such an important
1: question, because that, like you said, trust is one of the paramount issues that single parents deal with. So yes, online, um, we don't grow to another group until a person, a leader, a facilitator has gone through our groups for a significant amount of time so they know the dynamics, they know what to look for. Um, at the beginning of every group, Everybody has to identify themselves. Most of the time we insist that it be at least a a video, like, hi, I'm Robert, I'm in Franklin, Tennessee. Even if they just want to listen for the rest of the group, we need to make sure that we see everybody so we know who's there. Um, We lay out at the beginning, this is the expectation for the group. This is what is not allowed. We're going to set up some guidelines and we strictly enforce that. Um, Confidentiality is super important. And at no time are you... Permitted to share what happens in these groups with anybody else. It, there's also no crosstalk. And so as we're sharing, I'm not giving advice to other single parents because this is not about trying to fix each other. This is about sharing where we are on our journey. If I hear somebody giving direct advice, well, you should. Again, whenever the word should comes up is typically like, let's stop the conversation or remind ourselves of our guidelines. And Honestly, if, if it gets to a point where we feel like that's not, you know, it's not working out, there is always the, the option of, of letting that person go to the waiting room for a little while. And I think we've probably done that once or twice in the last year.
0: And that's at the discretion of the
1: leader of the group? Of uh, the facilitator. The facilitator has been handpicked by us, and there's not a whole lot of um, subjectivity that is there. There are very strict guidelines for participation. Also, we recognize that this is a co-ed group. At no time are you to reach out to a person of the opposite sex and initiate. Um, anything beyond what happens in this group. In fact, we disable the chat, the um, person-to-person chat within Zoom, so that it's not you know a, a single mom joining won't be getting hit up by somebody joining that might be a male that's sending her a private message or whatever. We take that extremely seriously. Oh, the other one of the other things that's really important is that we are here to talk about us. We use I statements like. I am dealing with blah, 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 blah. We avoid you statements or she or he. So we're not talking about other people's issues, including our exes.
0: So you're not dishing on your ex.
1: Right, because I mean, if you're not careful, if you don't have guidelines, it can become that that kind of environment because we're all wounded and we're all very in a hurting place. No, this is more about paying attention to what I'm going through, what God is doing in my life and what God might be saying to me. I'll tell you, it's been remarkable to me. Um, I was... Skeptical, I'll I'll admit, when I was thinking about should we go online? Like, I'm thinking, how much real intimacy and sharing can happen in a co ed situation online? And I have been shocked. I'll go so far as to say the relationships that I have seen being built by men and women alike, as far as friendships, I'm not talking about romantic. We also, you know, very much discourage that. I would say that those relationships are more intimate, more connected um, than the ones that I have found in groups that met together. And I think there's a few reasons for that. I think people feel safe in their own homes. You know, there's real connection that can happen even online.
0: I'm Maria Morgan. This is Closer Look. Robert Beeson is the founder of Solo Parent Society, and he's my guest today on Closer Look. Robert, the online groups meet weekly, Yes. Yeah. And I understand that each week there's a different topic. So 52 weeks of the year, 52 topics. So uh, we have divided our
1: themes into 12 different themes based on what we have heard single parents deal with the most. I'll give you an example. Um, The month of January, we deal with balance. Each week we tackle a different topic. Spiritual balance, emotional balance, financial balance. Going into the next month, we have love. So the month... The theme of the month is love. One week will be our family love. Then we'll one week we'll dive into what does dating look like? You know, our podcast is on access more. The themes, the 52 different topics, every week going through the group, the theme and the topic is that week's podcast. So there is a podcast that, that integrates with a group discussion every single week. There's also a daily devotion app that I walk through breathing exercises and meditation on scripture for 10 minutes a day. We get into worth, we get into shame, we get into um, just the things that we hear from single parents are the things that they need to tackle the most.
0: Is there any homework?
1: <laughs> well, the homework is, you know, when you're being deliberate about the uh, aspects or the facets of your life that you're, that you're really trying to focus on, you can't help but have homework. This is not a laundry list of add one more thing to your list of things that you're not doing right or that you need to do better. But what comes out of the groups is a focus about what God wants to do in my life regarding this particular thing. And I can tell you that we hear feedback all the time of like, that really stuck with me.
0: So a solo parent is listening right now, who's feeling a little hope probably for the first time in in a while. What is your message to that person?
1: You're not alone. We see you. We know who you are. And there are people just like you that want to stand with you and um, know that in this time that you want to rush through, God is going to do an amazing work. If you spend time being deliberate about what he has for you in this struggle, it can really be transformational. And there's a community of other people just like you. They would love to walk this life with you. There's an opportunity in the solo season to encounter intimacy with God and with others like I had never experienced before. So there's hope.
0: And what about a married person? Maybe even a person who's a church leader listening. What is your message to them about this segment of society?
1: I would say that the on-ramp to serving a single parent is often a whole lot more simple than you think. If you're a pastor or a leader in a church, it's really about trying to find the resources like Solo Parent Society where you can easily at least Tell the people in your community that there is a place that they belong. Single parents need to hear that they belong. If you are just a neighbor of a single parent, I would say reach out to that single parent. And here's a critical distinction. If you reach out to that single parent and want to help, really pay attention to how you're saying it. There's a difference between saying, I feel so sorry for you that your husband left and I see your grass is overgrown. Can I mow it for you? that's one way of saying exactly the same thing as if I said, I just want to let you know that you inspire me. I don't know that I would be able to carry the load of what you're doing. And I just want to let you know that I see that. And I just, man, it's incredible how you are doing this alone. Would you allow me to be a part of your story in a small way? Anything I can do to help. Would you let me mow your lawn? Would you let me... Do you see the distinction there? One is sympathy, one is honoring. And so I would say, find that single parent in your life, whether it be going to pick up groceries, mowing a yard, doing handiwork around the home, just being a listening ear. Find the single parent in your life and take a small step towards them. Let them know that you honor them and you would love to do whatever you can
0: to help. If I'm that single parent who wants to join the society, how do I do that? If you look up soloparentsociety.com or if you go to any app platform
1: and you look for the Solo Parent app, you'll find all the resources that you could possibly need, whether it be joining a group, listening to the things that we do, reading a blog post, or connecting with us by sending us an email and joining our community.
0: Soloparentsociety.com or any app platform, Solo Parent app. Thanks to Robert Beeson of Solo Parent Society for joining us tonight on Closer Look. His weekly podcast is available on demand at Access More. For Closer Look, I'm Maria Morgan.